Assalamu alaikum and hello. Welcome to the Mindful Muslim podcast where we bring together psychology, Islam, spirituality and mental health. My name is Sivan Kader and I am joined today by Safina Khan. We will be talking about her humanitarian work, her work as a vlogger, her work as an aesthetic nurse. She is also a mum of five. Before we begin, please do follow us on social media and subscribe to our channel and stay updated on all things I am. We also have an exciting opportunity for our supporters to become torchbearers for I am. You can find the link for more information in the description below. Um, we also value your honest feedback, so please leave a review and a rating and tell us how we're doing. Assalamu alaikum, Safina. Thank you so much for joining me on the Mindful Muslim podcast. How are you? Waalaikumsalam. I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me today. No, thank you. Thank you for approaching us and wanting to be on the podcast. We're always happy um, and, you know, just really excited to have more people um, being on the podcast and wanting to talk. So um, tell us, please, a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, so I am... A nurse. I'm a mum of five. I've literally just been spending the last 17 years of my life juggling quite a few things. Um, I have five children and just like I do humanitarian work. I've been a makeup artist. So I wear a lot of hats. Yeah, no, amazing. And I think um, throughout our talk here, hopefully we can delve into all of those um, different parts of your life. Um, firstly, I want to start with what actually motivated you um, to move from being an aesthetic nurse to being a makeup artist. It was the other way around. The so... Other way around. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Um, so uh, back in 2008, I started, um, I went into makeup, started my career as a makeup artist alongside um, studying my nursing degree. And I had three young children then. So um, Alhamdulillah, it was um, it was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed working as a makeup artist. Um, I qualified as a nurse and I worked as a nurse. And then it just got to a point in my life where I think the long hours of nursing, um, like 14 hour shifts with kids was quite hard. And because I loved doing both things, I just thought, okay, I came across aesthetics and it was a way where I could combine working with skin and beauty, um, but also as a nurse. So kind of combine them both and went into aesthetics as a nurse practitioner. Yeah, amazing. Um, and you mentioned before uh, about sort of people asking you how you manage everything um how, how do you think that is I'm sure it's a combination of things that you've probably learnt, you know as your as your journey's um gone on so um yeah that's my next question um yeah well I suppose it's just uh I've I, I'm that type of a person I just like to stay busy so I think um I don't yeah, I think recently I've been tending to complain that I'm tired a lot but before I never used to I just get on with it just you know I'd like to just stay constantly busy doing something um that's why doing one thing was never enough I think um so yeah and then I think it's just all about being super organized um I am quite OCD I like to have things done at a certain time in a certain way even though half the time I'm always late but <laughs> but yeah I think yeah just being super organized um really helps and of course my husband helps with the kids and you know we work around each other I think routine is really important structure is really important it just it just makes life easier and getting things done yeah absolutely and you mentioned your children I'm just wondering how old they are Okay, so uh, I'll start with the eldest. Isa is 15 and Ismail is 14. Usman is 13. And then we had a gap and we've got Adam, who is five, and Anna, who is three. Mashallah. So as you say, routine is not just important for you, but I'm sure very important for the kids as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because it's, you know, um, the kids are at a time now, especially the older three. Um, they've all just had their like mock exams and end of year exams. And Isa, my eldest, um, he's in year 10. So um, 
going into his GCSEs next year and obviously preparing for it now, um, routine is everything. And I've been explaining this to them for the last few years and they just didn't get it. But I think this year it just clicked inside his head how important like his exams are at the moment and, you know, why he has to like sit down and do a certain amount of, you know, work every day and not sleep late and eat on time and all these things. So, yeah, I think I think the routine is finally kicking in now, the importance of it. Oh, amazing. Um, uh, my next thing is I'm wondering um, what really motivated you to want to come on uh, the podcast and, and speak to us and share your life, really. Uh, so I've been quite socially active for the last, um, I'd say, eight years. Um, so I have been quite um, publicly out there in terms of, um, you know, my lifestyle, what I do with my children, um, you know, activities that we do. Um, and I think purely I just fell into it. So it was a case of I didn't, you know, intend to go out there and put my life on public, but it just ended up happening. Um, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people do appreciate it because it just gives them ideas of, you know, what to do with their kids or it helps them with, you know, little things like their routine or whatever. And, you know, if it can have a little bit of a positive impact um, and it can answer a lot of questions for people, then why not? So I thought the podcast in a similar way um, you know, a lot of people do listen to podcasts, like when they're driving, you know, if they're just, you know, cooking at home or so podcasts are a really good way of reaching out to people. And sometimes people can't always watch something, but they can listen to something. So yeah, I just thought podcast definitely is a good avenue. No, absolutely. And so um, with our viewers and listeners who want to know a little bit more about you, um, where are you sort of more, most active? Uh, what kind of platform should they go to? So um, my most active um, platform, I think my most grown platform um, is Instagram. However, um, we have launched YouTube around, uh, I think, maybe have it's been about three months maybe coming up to four months and alhamdulillah it's grown really well um so i do something called daily vlogs and with daily vlogs it's all about just very raw unedited unfiltered stuff um because obviously with instagram i just you know i'll post relevant things um but with with youtube it's everything behind the scenes so everyone will see like a very glamorous account on Instagram and they'll assume that everything's very glamorous in my life so I'm just showing them the reality of my life behind the scenes of um, of Instagram so yeah Instagram is um, probably the highest um, public platform but YouTube is catching up really well and I think people enjoy YouTube more because they see everything going on yeah absolutely and the audience isn't necessarily the same or it might be but as you say it, it can give them a different perspective um sounds great it would be i think this is a sort of good plug to to let people know uh exactly what your name is on both of those platforms just so it's really clear now <laughs> it's just my full name so safina khan as it is on the screen there um i think for instagram it says artistry at the end because it's always been that i, I mean i came onto instagram because i was a makeup artist so that was what i used to call myself safina khan artistry um and it's always just stayed as that um and I am still an artist as well because I work with faces still as well as everything else skin and health related um and on YouTube it's just my name Safina Khan amazing amazing I think that makes it super easy to to find you um the other thing uh you mentioned about sort of I suppose touching people's lives in, in a positive way I'm wondering um how you have felt that I suppose is it people messaging you is it through other means or emails um is there anything that you can recall now that you want to share about yeah loads I mean I will have daily messages about um you know a lot of things say for example um I, I have like a habit of putting up a post in the morning and it's not to brag or anything but it's just to remind myself more so um to get up for Fajr, for example, and after Maghrib, and there's a little dua I like to read after Fajr and Maghrib, and the translation of that dua is Allah protect me from the hellfire. So I've been doing that like consistently for years now, and Alhamdulillah, like so many um, people have reached out, mainly female, um, saying, you know, your Fajr posts have motivated us to 
get up and pray Fajr in the morning. And I just think, you know what, that's just amazing. I mean, you know, if if it can just motivate one person to pray Salah, that's super amazing. And it, like I said, it's it's you know, I, it's no way of me bragging. Oh, I'm praying Fajr. It's just it's more of a reminder to me because then if I know I haven't got up and put that post up. Like I will feel guilty, so it's more of just like a routine. It's a bit of an OCD thing, I think, because <laughs> I have got OCD. Um, so that's one. Um, that's one um, consistent uh, type of message I'll get from people. Another one is just um, probably when they watch like cooking videos, they really appreciate it when I'll, I, I'm quite open about everything I use. Um, like a lot of people will say that our oh, influencers don't like to share what they use, where they get things from. And you're really open. Like if we ask you a question, you tell us exactly where you've got something, what it is, you know, you give us a lot of information. So I think, I think it's the fact that things are quite informative. Um, and I have got a tendency of responding quickly as well to people on Instagram, again, because of my OCD, I don't like to see notifications. <laughs> it stresses me out when you just see, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, open it. And I'm not the type of person to open a message um, and not respond, unless it's something that's already been responded to. Um, so, or, or if I'm busy. So I think they appreciate the fact that I do take the time out to like respond to people as much as I can. Um, and then the charity work side of things. The charity work is uh, huge. Um, so a lot of people, um, have a lot of trust in me alhamdulillah to you know they trust me with their money um they know that i have been in the charity sector for about seven years now so yeah about seven years um and yeah they will always message me you know and just just with some really nice feedback just saying how um they're so happy that they can give their money somewhere where they know it's transparent and they know their money is going to the right place with their donations so it's really nice to always get these kind of um feedback messages Absolutely. That's the perfect segue because my uh, next question was all about your humanitarian work because I know that you've raised over 100k, um, you know, and um, I, I would just love to hear more about that, where it sort of came from, why you started and what are the kinds of things that you've done along the way? So just in Ramadan, just gone, um, I think it was about £107,000 um, that I raised solely. Um, obviously, we're a team of um, a team of individuals working at Salam Charity. Um, but myself, yeah, that was huge for me because I've never raised that kind of an amount before within Ramadan. I think the most I've raised during Ramadan is about 50000 or just over 50000 So to double that was amazing, alhamdulillah. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all just through Instagram, really. I mean, and the fact that, and whoever's not on Instagram, through family and friends who know that, you know, Safina's always fundraising, so we'll just, you know, we'll get, we'll get her link from her. Um, or I tend to go out like once or twice a year, at least once a year on deployments. Um, so I did go to um, Lebanon during Ramadan um, in the first week of Ramadan. So a lot of people wanted to send their zakah with us um, as cash and they know that that way it's just going direct. Um, others who can't obviously get the cash because we're limited to how much cash we can take with us as well. We must have taken, oh my God, over a hundred thousand pounds in cash with us as a group um when we went uh, on that single deployment but yeah it's just you know um it's a it's a number of things i mean there was uh syrian refugees that i fundraised for at first which was why um i was fundraising because we went to lebanon and palestinian refugees and that was around seventy-two thousand. and then after that we were also fundraising for yemen um, so there was a um, a child malnutrition project um, that we were fundraising for, and it's to take children out of acute malnutrition um, to provide them with hospital care, um, peg feeds, um, you know, any kind of rehabilitation. Um, also with um, like the family, provide them with support and food as well, because obviously if the family are in poverty, how is it, you know, the child is always going to end up malnourished. So it's kind of um, supporting not just the child, but the whole family as well. Um, what we do in Ghana is water wells. So um, obviously, like it's a Southern Kajaria, um, a lot of people like to donate for water wells, um, if it's for themselves or for somebody who's passed away. So a lot of people reached out who just wanted to do a full water well themselves. They were like a thousand pounds each and to donate a water well in Ghana. 
um, and a borehole is £5,000, which can give water not just to the village it's in, but also to surrounding villages as well. So, yeah, um, did about, I think I did about 15 or 16 water wells there. Um, so it just, it just all adds up, really. And you'd be surprised, you know, um, it's like I didn't even have to. Um, obviously, like every day I was talking to people about charity work, but I didn't have to push so hard the way I used to have to when I started in the charity sector, like yet to really, really, you know, um, convince people to give charity. And now I just feel like I just my my followers know that, you know, what Safina, that's who we're going to give it to. And I just that I find that really humbling. I really appreciate that because it just means that I have. Um, you know, people can, people can just, um, what's the word, associate me with that. And it's just so much easier. It's, um, when I started in the charity sector, I, just, I started with, um, his name's Wasim Iqbal, um, Wazio TV. And um, he reached out to me and he said, you know, do you want to do something? And I said, I've got no experience in fundraising or charity work, but I'd love to do anything to help. Um, and he, after my first event that I did there, that's when I just never turned back. It was just such a nice feeling to be able to do something to help. And ever since then, he, he always said to me, um, he said, I want you to be the female version of me, basically, because everyone, everyone knows him as, you know, the like male humanitarian um, uh, worker on social media, because that's what he did. He used Facebook a lot to um, uh, show the transparency of the work. And so, yeah, that was it then. That that I think that's that's what happened. Yeah, just kept going with it. And alhamdulillah, it's just, it's been amazing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, I just want to pick, pick up on how it made you feel. Because you mentioned it was just, you know, it is. You're still, you know, doing this work. Um, an amazing experience. Do you think the work that you do humanitarian-wise and charity work-wise is sort of linked to your mental well-being, like your own mental health? A hundred percent. So when I when I first started, when Wasim reached out to me, I was pregnant with my uh, son, Adam, and I was around five months pregnant and I was organizing that event. Um, and all I was thinking in my head was obviously because I was expecting and, you know, um, I was still managing everything, getting going along with things. But, you know, you always have these worries and concerns, you know, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And I'm a bit of a stress head. I just because I like everything to be in its place. So I was um, quite stressed out thinking, OK, fourth child and, you know, um, how am I going to manage with stuff? But then it's like, you know, you worry about finances, you worry about all sorts of things. And then when you when you do things like fundraising and you know, you see then, obviously I couldn't travel out then to the other countries um, and go on deployments, but Wasim would, um, he'd send videos and stuff and he'd send footage. And then it just makes you feel so satisfied and so content that, you know, all your efforts, whatever you did to try and raise that money, you can see, you know, what's where it's gone and what's happened with, with the money, which is just so nice. Um, but more so when I was pregnant with Anna. So Anna, my fifth, my my only daughter, when I was pregnant with her, I um, because it was a surprise pregnancy, I was just really stressed out. I thought, oh, my God, how on earth am I going to manage with five kids? Like, this is just getting a bit out of hand now. <laughs> and I just thought, that, you know, and we were in a three bedroom house and, you know, I was being really ungrateful. I was complaining and I was just like, oh. Aleem, how are we going to cope? And, you know, we're already on top of each other in this house and there's only one bathroom and there's no garden and da, 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 you know, just like general stuff that we just, you know, we take so many things for granted that we have. And then I, while I was pregnant, I went on that deployment um, to Jordan. And when I saw how families were living in refugee camps there, I mean, that's why I went as well. I went for my own reasons. Everyone has their own intentions for going on deployments and carrying out charity work. And, you know, my intentions were to just try and, you know, put things into perspective for myself. And Alhamdulillah, like that happened for me because coming back, like I never said to Aleem anything again about moving house. <laughs> I was just like, you know, Alhamdulillah, we've got a roof over our head. We've got, 
everything we could ask for. We've got healthy children, you know, so what if the house isn't big enough for us? The main thing is we're in a safe place. We've got a roof over our head and it just makes you appreciate everything so much more. And yeah, I never mentioned it again. And Allah has his own way of doing things anyway. He, you know, we moved, we ended up moving a year later, but it wasn't anything intentional. And, you know, we didn't even try. It just, it just ended up happening. And, you know, I truly believe that when you do things just with the right intentions and, you know, just to purely help, Allah does give you, you know, where they say charity doesn't decrease wealth. It's so true. Honestly, it's so true. Like, I cannot tell you how much barakah we've had in our life since I've started charity work. So Alhamdulillah for that. And yeah, mental health, well-being, like I feel like I'm so much of a stronger person. And because I appreciate things a lot more um, than before, it just you just you just become more and more content with life. So whether you have little or a lot, whatever you have, you're content. And that's the main thing. Alhamdulillah. And it's so good uh, to hear you talking and so passionately about the work that you do and how much it means to you. Um yeah, I, I, it's really touching, actually, how you feel about it and what, what um, you know, just how useful it's been to you in your life. Um, I think it'll encourage a lot of people to go out there and do more in terms of charity work. Um, and if, if our listeners or our viewers are sort of interested, whether it be donations or volunteering, what's sort of the best thing to do? Is it to contact you or the charity that you are within? Um, they can do either. So they can contact Salam Charity. They're on Instagram. They have a website um, or they can just contact me um, directly through Instagram or um, my email. Um, my email is safina.khan at salamcharity.org.uk. So it's, you know, either way, I we have so many people reaching out for us when we um, we we've literally had six deployments back to back booked but because of covid you know when we went out just now in ramadan with salam charity it was just a case of so many people wanted to join us on our future deployments but obviously covid has uh, uh stopped a lot of things in terms of traveling but inshallah as soon as it's back up and running it's just you know we've got a lot of things booked and planned so yeah you know if you do want to reach out definitely do reach out to me through email or instagram hmm, brilliant um i think uh it would be great to just um, continue on the train of sort of thinking about mental health and mental well-being. I wanted to ask you about what sort of moved you to build positivity and have this positive mindset within, because um, you you mentioned, uh, you know, a little bit about I was being ungrateful or um, not that I agree or disagree with you there. Um, I think it's really important to be compassionate with ourselves uh, so, so yeah, I just want to hear a little bit more about your positive mindset and how you sort of try to maintain that. So I think it's um, mindset is everything. Like, first of all, I can't stress how important it is to really acknowledge the fact that, you know, you hear a lot of the time, I can't do this or I can't do that or, you know, and it's just, it's it's like, as long as you can stay in more of a positive mind frame first of all anything is possible anything is achievable you've just all you've got to do is just be realistic with yourself with your goals and if something hasn't happened you know exactly when you want it to happen just be patient with it you know and I've developed these skills over time I mean I'm 35 this year turning 35 this year um, getting married at 18 and having seen so much in such a short span of time, obviously, well, it's been quite a while now, but yeah, you know, you, you, you develop these qualities as you go along. I was a very short tempered, you know, typical, um, Patan girl, should I say, like not stereotyping Patans, I'm Patan, but you know, like I was just very short tempered and I was very abrupt and very straightforward. And, you know, I still am, but I've, I've learned to be more patient because even though, you know, I stand by everything I was very short tempered about or whatnot before, there's different ways to deal with it. And it doesn't mean that if something's upset you or something's not gone right in life, that you just, you know, throw everything out of proportion I think you just have to develop patience and you've got to develop ways of coping with things that's the most important thing I think 
if you can learn how to cope with scenarios, cope with situations, you know, rather than like react. So my, my little motto is be proactive rather than reactive. So it's really important to just, you know, try and anticipate things, plan things, be realistic, have the right expectations. So then at least that way you don't have to end up like reacting in a certain way and things will never go, you know, always to plan. And, you know, I've learned to deal with that now, but staying positive, I think in the last two to three years, especially has really taught me a lot of things. I think it's since I had my daughter, actually. Um, Yeah, I think it's since I've had my daughter. So yeah, maybe... Maybe it's just that, I don't know, something just changed inside me. But I just found like with a lot of negative experiences in the past where I would react in a certain way because I'm so passionate about a lot of things, it's just, it's not always helped. So instead, I would rather just keep anything negative away from me. I'm I'm just that type of a person now, you know, if something's not, if something, if something you know, gives off like a negative energy or even a person gives off negative energy. I just like, I don't, I wouldn't say I cut myself off from them, but I just, I distance myself from that sort of, because at the end of the day, anything negative, you, you know, it's learnt behavior. If you're around negative people, it's going to have a negative impact on you. If you're around negative, you know, environments, it's just going to make you feel even more down. So it's really important to just, you know, keep that sort of environment around you. You know, you are, you are your company, they say all the time. So just the people that I associate with and, you know, my family as well, I just try and keep that positive. It's, I don't know how to explain it. Like it's, I think it's all comes down to being content as well. Like as long as you're content, it just, it just makes everything so much easier in terms of, you know, your energy vibes. If you're not content, like I always say, a lot of people I've met in life who, you know, they've got everything going for them, but they're not content. Whereas you can find somebody who isn't, you know, so wealthy or who hasn't, you know, got a master's like somebody else, but they're content in themselves. And as long as they're happy in themselves, it just shows in, you know, it shows in their, the way they speak, the way they talk, their, their, their relationships with people. So yeah, it's, it's all about, it's all about just learning to love yourself a bit more and accepting who you are as a person and not comparing yourself to anybody else, you know, just being more happy with yourself. And I've always been quite a content person. I've never, ever been the type to say, oh, they've got this or they've got that. I'm always more just focused on myself. If I want to do something, I'll do it. If I'm not comfortable with doing something, I don't want to succumb to the pressure of doing something that I'm not happy with. So it's just about having like a really strong sense of, you know, own will and, and just, you know, yeah, being more, you know, happy with yourself. Self-love is just so important. Absolutely. I think everything you said is so wise, full of wisdom. Um, And I know, I don't know if you feel sort of these things come with time but perhaps for different people you know throughout life it may be that at different points in your life you something happens and you sort of you know think about different things um but uh I totally agree with you about sort of uh being comfortable within yourself and whatever journey ultimately Allah has put you on so it's sort of accepting where you are um and being content with that and like you say it's all this stuff combined with that of if you feel content if you know that Allah has always your best interests far beyond even your own you know capacity to understand then yeah it just it gives alhamdulillah us Muslims like so much uh so much contentment and peace to know that but it is uh I think for everybody it's a it's a something that you have to remind yourself of you know the daily grind and whatever else Oh, yeah. The daily grind. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I mean, it's all part of psychology, affirmations, you know, re- repeating certain things just to, you know, embed it. And, you know, I, I'm not going to go into like the whole neuroscience of everything, but, you know, affirmations are so important because if, you know, an individual who has maybe, you know, a certain way of living and if they they can bring themselves out of that 
by just doing something like affirmations because all it is is they're changing their mindset and they're changing their mindset by just constantly repeating something because when they repeat it they're going to create like new neuro pathways to that sort of you know direction so it's really important to um it's like it's it's like for example an individual in my life i'm not going to mention who they are um Every time I see them, it's like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And I say, you've said I'm so tired about 50 times in the last minute. Of course, you're going to feel tired because you've said it 50 times. You've told your brain you're tired. Your brain's going to tell your body you're tired. Whereas if you just stopped saying I'm tired and instead just literally switched it around to just saying, I don't know, like, oh, I'm full of energy instead. Like, you know, I've, I I got this. Like, you know, this is, this is a saying. Everybody says it, you know, you got this. And I always say this to people, no matter how hard that they feel um, they can't do something. I'm like, you've got this, trust me. And you've just got to keep repeating it to yourself, for, you know, to literally flick that switch of the brain where it's like okay new pathways are going to be formed and like obviously like so I'm not going to get into the neuroscience stuff of um, all of that but affirmations is just so important you can change your mindset just by simple affirmations daily affirmations telling yourself you know you you can do something or you know if someone wants to lose weight for example or if they want to drink more water in the day or even if they want to start praying salah you know things like that anything just it's just about repetition repetition and creating those daily affirmations you can change so many things absolutely i think we shouldn't underestimate affirmations as you said um because they can be really powerful um one uh, thing that comes to mind is I, I'm interested sort of what prompted you to share your mindset because you are doing that now on social media. Um, is it just because of the things that you were seeing around you or did it just um, sort of happen? Uh, yeah, that's my question. Um, I think it just sort of happened. I mean, um, because um, I, I, maybe maybe people saw that change in me as well over the years. Like I said, um, I, I feel I'm a lot more of a positive person um, over, say, the last three to four years, very much more positive. And I only want to keep positivity around me. And I try to portray positivity as much as possible as well. And I think people love that because it's like, you know, it. it who wouldn't want to see something positive? Everybody wants to see something positive because it will make them feel good as well. So I think that's what it was. And I think just the feedback as well that, like I said, you know, I'll always get the messages from um, people on Instagram or, you know, just like comments on photos or videos or whatnot. And and because I think I changed my layout a bit on Instagram as well. So a few years ago, um, I changed my layout to like a picture, a video and then a quote. Um, a lot of the quotes, um, it's just stuff that I've written myself. Like, you know, if I've just thought of something, I'll just pop it in my notepad. Um, and then there are things that I've quoted from people as well. Um, and that's all down to positivity as well. So I, I'd probably say about 90% of those quotes are positive quotes. 10% are um, teaching you about negativity rather than uh, it just being, you know, a positive quote. So um, I think it is important to remind people as well how to learn from negativity and be cautious of certain things and to stay away from certain things. And yeah, that had a huge response, quotes. I never thought quotes would have a huge response, but people love to read. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that's, that's what it probably is. Mm. I, I'm also wondering how much your faith do you think has played a role in in this mindset that you feel really comfortable with now huge absolutely huge i mean i'm a, i'm a true believer of um just having faith in allah you know it's allah's will whatever will be will be it's you know it's he is the best of planners i'm a true believer of that you know I've seen a lot of hardships in life. Um, I've never really spoken about them publicly. Um, and I don't know if I ever will, but I've always just um, just put my faith in Allah and known that things will get better. So having that faith, you know, just literally, if I, I just feel like 
I've got so much to be grateful for as well. Like I've never ever wanted for anything. Everything I have is because I feel Allah's answered all of my prayers, honestly. Like even up to the fact that when I wanted to, I just really wanted a daughter and it never happened at number four, which I planned. I planned number four and I thought, yeah, I'm going to get my girl and it never happened. But Allah's will, it's like, you know, that was, I was, you know, I, I didn't lose faith, but I was just, I think I was just hormonal and upset. And I was just like, oh my God, another boy. And, you know, I don't think it was just ever meant to be. So I accepted the fact that it wasn't meant to be. But little did I know, Allah had another plan, which obviously I just, you know, it happened two years later. I had my daughter, surprise pregnancy. That's just like a complete, you know, pure example that Allah has plans and we should be patient and we should have faith. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a strong, strong message and... Yeah, like I say, something that we just need to be mindful of all the time because it really, for me, it centers me as a person so much. If I am in a sort of stressful situation or I'm having a difficult time, it just gives me so much comfort um, because you know this life is so temporary. Uh, so, yeah. And um, the other thing I really want to ask you about is makeup. And, you know, we hear a lot about um, makeup uh, helping people feel more confident. How much do you sort of believe in that for yourself or, you know, the, the people that you've worked with as well? Um, okay. So, uh, I do believe that, um, I don't know if you've heard the saying, look good, feel good. So I really do believe in that. Um, you know, and I, it goes for both women and men. I mean, they literally, you know, if you, if you're comfortable, whether it's a little bit of makeup, a lot of makeup, whether it's just a bit of self-grooming, whether it's having an aesthetic procedure, you know, people um, people put a taboo on these type of things and they feel like, oh, everyone's just out there doing it for attention. And it's not always the case at all. You know, I've, I've been someone who wears makeup all the time, like all the time, but I've worn it because I enjoy wearing makeup. It makes me feel better about myself. And and then obviously, like anything else, it becomes habit. So I I got to a point um, during COVID where I just went makeup free because I wanted to sort my skin out and I wanted to feel confident in my own skin, which I am, alhamdulillah, like I only wear makeup now. Like I put a bit on today because I thought, oh, we'll do a podcast because I, I wasn't going to wear it. And then my media manager was like, no, Soph, you know, <laughs> do, you know, dress up for God's sakes. But yeah, um, otherwise, normally like daily basis, I am so much more comfortable in my own skin. So I think it's just down to the individual. I mean, however you feel confident as a person, whatever that is, that makes you feel confident as a person within moderation of course you know um you should you should you should do what you feel comfortable with and obviously like um I can't really get into the religion side of things because I'm no alima I'm no mufti I can't give a fatwa on anything but at the end of the day I would always advise people to do things within moderation not to go too over the top and to just you know um preserve their modesty as well at the same time I mean I've been through that journey myself where I've you know everyone's iman is always going up and down and it's about just like really it's just about it's just about having that balance I suppose so yeah like looking good is really important um for people and I don't think it should be seen as a bad thing you know because it, it just depends. I mean, it's it's such a grey area, isn't it? I was just going to agree with you um, in that it's different for different people. And it's also sort of what you've been exposed to, I suppose, and where you live and where you come from and your, you know, your parents and your siblings, all of that, all those sort of influences um, will combine to sort of, you know, have that feeling for you, whether you do feel good wearing makeup or not. Um or, you know, dressing a certain way and how that makes you feel. Um, but I guess that leads on quite nicely to sort of more controversial topics on your social media. Is there sort of, how do you feel about um, controversial topics, whatever those might be? Um, have you spoken about what you might consider a controversial topic or, you know, do you stay away from those? Uh, yeah, I do do tend to speak about a lot of controversial topics and it probably does get me into trouble um 
but it all depends on the topic. If it's relevant to my beliefs and my faiths, then yes, I will speak about it. For example, Palestine. Palestine right now in social, like my page has just been covered with Palestine. And when this first happened, uh, not a lot of people were talking about it. And I became very vocal and I was very vocal about, you know, just saying to influencers and public figures like why aren't you speaking about this you have a platform which is you know built by mostly like your followers your your muslim influencers your followers are majority muslim so you know they've they've built your platform so where's your return to the muslim ummah now when they need you to spread awareness to you know to give information to you know make people aware of what's happening because we can't trust we can't trust the you know the normal news for example they're not going to even portray what's going on and if they do it's not going to be the truth so i'm very vocal about that um so yeah i do tend to touch on palestine a lot uh, and other controversial topics i mean there's no controversy with palestine as far as i'm aware it is black and white very black and white but other people would say otherwise. Um, great. Are there any other sort of topics that you've spoken about previously? It would be good uh, to hear. Personal to me, okay, this is quite controversial. Um, so I, if you see my social media page from before, um, I would wear a turban scarf a lot um, rather than a full hijab. And I've been doing that for years. Um, and then I'd show more hair, like I'd have hair out. And, you know, that was very controversial in terms of like people saying, oh, this isn't hijab, this is whatever it is. And that was my journey with with my hijab or scarf. That was my journey. And that was that everyone, like I say, everyone goes through their journey. Everyone goes through their peaks and, you know, troughs with Iman and you know, a lot of people would shoot me down. A lot of people would be fine about it. And I had been saying for the last year that I wanted to start wearing my hijab more and, you know, just go back to the way I used to wear it. And Alhamdulillah, when everything happened in Palestine, that's when I was just like, I'm so done with this, this, you know, this non I was just really angry I think at the time and I was just like I'm just so done with all this nonsense that I'm seeing on Instagram and I'm not bothered about anything now other than you know just being a better person trying to better myself in my deen um I will still be true to who I am I'll still do everything like I did I felt like the only thing where I was always in uh with war at myself was with the whole turban hijab thing so yeah alhamdulillah I am pushing myself more that way now um, but that did cause a lot of controversy on my page and I would get a lot of flack for it um, but I would never really respond to it because that was my own sort of personal journey um, what else uh, yeah just with there's always a lot of I think people just have their opinions which create controversy as well so you know being publicly out there you're always going to put yourself in sort of the shooting range to just getting all sort of comments thrown at you so whether that was you know the way I discipline my children because I like I said with YouTube oh my god starting YouTube created a lot of controversy <laughs> because people saw the um the behind the scenes of my life and I I am very very strict with my children like very strict routine structure discipline is very important because my husband's a softy and with him being a softy you know I've got a and I'm just that type of a person I've been I've been raised with a lot of discipline and learnt behavior I'm going to raise my children that way as well um so yeah that created a lot of controversy there you know that oh you're very aggressive with your children and you're very mean to your children I'm like okay <laughs> am I <laughs> so yeah there's I don't know like you know and stuff that's going on in the world I don't know to be fair I don't really get involved with a lot of political stuff probably because I don't understand it I just the only thing that I get involved in is if it's human rights like being in the humanitarian sector for the last seven-ish years, 
human rights. So whether that was Black Lives Matter or when it was Palestine or when it was Syria or Iraq or Yemen or, you know, anywhere in uh, Bangladesh with the Rohingya refugees, um, you know, anywhere in the world where there's oppression or, you know, any kind of um, unjust, unjust, you know, treatment. I would speak up then, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, it's uh, interesting to hear your sort of perspective and feeling around um, certain things. But I think ultimately going with what you believe to be true, um, you know, and sharing that sort of with an open heart is is really, really important. Um, and people, like you say, will always have their opinions, no matter what you do. You can't please everybody. But um, staying true to yourself is the most important oh yeah a hundred percent yeah I've got I've grown very thick skin over the years like you know opinions um the only opinion that matters to me is people who are very close to me so that's like my husband my you know my parents my siblings um my children you know their opinions matter to me my very close friends um if somebody wants to give their opinion in a respectful way that's completely fine but you know if it's not in a respectful way, then I just don't acknowledge it. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you was about budding vloggers, actually. So if there are any budding vloggers listening in or watching, um, what would be your advice in terms of them trying to build a platform? Um, it all depends on, I suppose, what their um, platform would be about. You know, I mean, yeah, just if they want to build and if they and it depends on which platform they're using so like I found um with Instagram people people just people like to you know they like to know things they want information and like not a lot of people watch tv these days they'll just sit on their phones watching Instagram and YouTube so it's all about content so just you know creating content that is you know short snappy and relevant is really important and uh, especially for instagram um because you know people's attention spans have like really decreased these days i've noticed like they're after 30 seconds engagements finished so yeah if you're going to create videos and stuff on instagram i'd say just keep it short and sweet reels since reels especially since this whole reels thing has started so it's like um like the way tiktok is they've created reels on instagram and that's it people are just like constantly swipe 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 and it's really addictive as well so yeah if you're going to create content for instagram just keep it short and relevant and just be consistent with your content people like consistency the second you're not consistent with your content like they'll just forget about you and move on to someone else yeah i think that's great advice um you know general advice not knowing um what the, what the, the person wants to put out there basically um, my next thing is still on the train of sort of advice. Um, what advice would you have for mothers that, that feel overwhelmed in terms of sort of balancing home life and work life and any, you know, anything else that they might be doing? Oh, I would say definitely just it's it's just all about looking after yourself as well. I mean, a lot of moms um, would make the mistake that I did as well, like, you know, any as soon as their kids have gone to bed or whatever you know instead of actually taking a little bit of time out for themselves and maybe having a nap with their child or you know um getting a bit of rest in they would do what I did which is do some laundry or wash up or you know start cooking and and then they're just getting overly tired and it's just like a vicious circle so I think it's just really important to rest when your children rest um obviously like if you've got a newborn then you know it's really important to do that but as your children get older just it's just about establishing a routine um it's it's so important to just have like a routine and take that little bit of time out extra for yourself as well so if it means just like losing half an hour of sleep um just to get up in the morning and get ready and you know set yourself up for the day mentally and you know emotionally you'll feel so much more better so that's what I used to do I'd wake up at instead of seven I'd wake up at half six and you know just have my wash and everything and just do a light face and I because I know I'm ready I I can just get on with the day Whereas, like, if I was still in my pyjamas, I'd just feel lazy and, you know, a bit, a bit groggy and 
not fully awake and it just puts me in a bad mind frame so I would do that every morning I would just make sure I'm ready and then just carry on with the day and yeah just establish a routine and a structure and you know it does really help if your husband helps out as well because you know I do feel at the end of the day it takes two people we all know to have children so it should take two people to also look after the children um, especially for those working moms you know I I can understand like if I wasn't a working mom and I was just a housewife and not doing anything else then fair enough you know husband's out there working and he's got to come home and you know I'm at home anyway so I can get a lot of things done but we've always both worked so if we both work then we should both also share the responsibilities as well at home because um, it's unfair if um, just one person does it and you know our Prophet would help his wife in the house we all know about you know how fair he was you know to women and you know women's rights were in the time of our prophet you know we we all know that so yeah it's just I think it just makes life easier to just you know have a husband that helps as well and just be super organized I think organization is just everything and and just do as much as you can manage you know don't don't try and like overload yourself if you feel like you are getting overwhelmed and things are getting a bit too much just take a step back and just you know just take a breather and just reevaluate okay prioritize make a list I've got a b c and d to do today okay what's most important put a star next to it the one the things that are most important just focus on that for the day rather than try and get everything done it's just really important to just take a step back and breathe and just reevaluate things and you can there's always going to be tomorrow inshallah most important things get those done and then just make a plan for the next day brilliant advice um everything you said um especially i i think uh remembering that sort of in in marriages and when children are involved everything is a partnership you know even even if there aren't children involved everything in a marriage should be about a partnership and it's not sort of yeah, one person doing something for the other per se, it's like you're doing something for both of you. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Uh, let's move on to my next question. So um, you've already mentioned uh, quite a bit about how to build and maintain po maintain positivity. Um, things like self-care, things like, you know, um, partnerships, things like relationships. Um, I suppose uh, also you mentioned having boundaries for yourself and people around you in terms of how much negativity, you know, quote unquote, you can have in your life. Are there any other things that you'd sort of add on to that? And you, of, of, you had a lot of focus on organization as well and making sure that you are um, as organized as possible and looking after yourself, waking up a little bit earlier you know, praying, charity, all that stuff. Was there anything else that you sort of, um, you know, that you find important in your life that you wanted to share? Um, I think just self-development is always really important as, as, as an individual. Um, over the years, I've done a lot of stuff and that's probably why I just feel like, oh my God, it's been such a long time, but it hasn't. Um, so yeah, self-progression is super important. It just, it just makes you feel like, you know, it, wh whatever that is in terms of self-progression, it doesn't have to be just academic stuff. It can be, you know, it can be just something you enjoy taking up a hobby, you know, learning a new skill, um, you know, anything at all. So for example, um, I was 14 and I used to watch my nanny sew and I just wanted to learn how to sew so I did it and I can still sew up until now a bit rusty need to need to get the sewing machine back out again um but then it's just like you know um getting married having children I always knew obviously I was going to complete my studies you know I just set myself up made a plan discussed it with my husband and you know with his support I was able to do that um I wanted to learn how to you know do makeup so I started just watching YouTube tutorials and you know whatever you're interested in just developing that it's a skill at the end of the day and it just makes you it just it, it it's like it's like you know when you go to work and you're just adding things to your CV and your CV just looks better and better it's just like that so it's just 
yeah, just just develop yourself. I mean, I've just finished my master's. Um, 10 years later, I went back to uni and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm going back to university after 10 years in COVID as well. Bloody hell. But yeah, um, it wasn't, it, it, looking back at it, it wasn't difficult. I think just at the time, because it wasn't on the top of my priority list, because I had so many other things going on, managing my business, the kids and work and I was doing a lot with um, the charity sector at that time because it was our uh, pre-run before Ramadan. It was just like, you know what, right now, I just don't want to even be looking at this uni work, but I just had to get through it. And Alhamdulillah, you know, it's all done and dusted and completed. And it's just, you know, as I go along, I just like to always, if, if, I, if I'm inclined towards something, I will just want to just complete it because it's just something that I know I've accomplished. And when you have self-accomplished, if you accomplish something, you just feel, you know, it's just, it just makes you feel better as a, as an individual that, you know, okay, this is something else that I've accomplished now. And, you know, it gives you more confidence and yeah, it's, yeah, personal journeys are really important. Um, I actually only had uh, one last question for you. So, um, uh, throughout everything that we've discussed uh just thinking about sort of reflecting on your journey um so far what do you think has helped you the most it doesn't have to be one thing but um what's been sort of most helpful to you most helpful has been definitely just cutting out the negativity honestly like a hundred percent it's just made life so much more peaceful I think that's the right word like I just I always say like I just want a peaceful life and I think just by you know cutting out the negativity and only having positive people around me and people who I know I can trust and you know who I really adore it just makes the world of difference yeah cutting out all the negativity has just made life so much easier and yeah I just I hate drama and I just prefer just simple things just you know just a peaceful life and yeah definitely having just getting rid of all the negativity in that sense and and there's always going to be some kind of you know negative aspects around you but it's just about distancing yourself from it recognizing it distancing yourself from it and just replacing it with something positive really I mean that's really helped me over the years and that's something that I am like forever grateful for I'm just thinking what else and just as my children get older as well I'm just noticing, you know, just watching them grow as children and how they're changing as well. I just feel like, you know, um, I'm more proud of them. And I just feel like, okay, I think I'm doing a good job. (laughs) I hope I am. Um, so yeah, I think I I think just yeah, looking at the children as they're growing, especially now, like oh my god, with all this stress of the mock exams and everything, and seeing my children finally, you know, develop that sense of maturity towards their exams, and you know, a bit more, um, you know, self conscious and taking responsibility of their schoolwork and everything, and actually taking their education more seriously. Um, rather than me nagging at them 24-7 to just sit down and do their homework, um, that I've been really happy about. So I know now finally the routine, the structure, the discipline and everything that I've been implementing that they uh, constantly nag me about, they actually do um, they do appreciate it and I know it is benefiting them now. So yeah, I am really happy about that as well. No, that's great. I actually thought that would be my last question, but I have another one. Um it was just about how you felt you may have already talked about this elsewhere you know on your platforms but how you feel about um raising children you know in the uk uh and also um kind of additionally thinking about um social media phones technology um you know for your own children obviously this is very personal but for your own children when when you kind of thought of introducing them to that, to phones, for example, um, and what you thought would be an appropriate age. Um, yeah, and also just the cultural aspect and, and, and you know, the, 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 
the world that they're exposed to, um, uh, yeah, how you kind of have dealt with introducing them to Islam and, and their deen and their faith and incorporating that. Remind me of the first part of the question. I got all the rest. How you've introduced your children to to faith, basically, whether that's been difficult, you know, raising them in in the UK. Do you think it? I don't know. Would it be, yeah, like would it be easier raising them in the UK? Yeah. As soon as you said that, yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is quite interesting. You said that because. Um, with all this going on with COVID and the schools being closed and the kids missing out on so much taught education in school, I was so fed up. I was actually really fed up. And I said to my husband, um, I'm actually just looking at sending the kids back home for boarding school. I was very serious about it. I spoke to the children and um, they were completely in agreement. They were, they were really fed up themselves. They were like, you know, we're just we don't understand how are we meant to teach ourselves on teams our teachers are just like reading off a piece of paper they're just like robots and you know it's it's I was doing my master's at the same time and doing everything online even I found it really annoying because I would rather just go into a lecture sit down take notes and have that interaction with my lecturer so for children to you know self-teach at such a young age it's difficult so I really felt for them so I looked everything up. Um, my popo, she is uh, a chief nurse. She's a matron in Pakistan, in Abdabad. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Abdabad in Pakistan. Um, so it's uh, it's a very military area. It's all like all the Pakistan army schools are there and they've got the Ayub Complex Hospital. So they do a lot of training for doctors, um, nurses, midwives, radiographers. So anyway, um, Burn Hall uh, is an amazing elite school there. And I wanted to send my children there. And Aline was not happy about it at all. <laughs> he was like, no way, you're not taking my children away. I was like, I'm not taking my children away from you. They're going to leave me as well, but it's only for a year. And the kids are completely on board. And to be fair, you know, if he just, if he was in agreement, I would do it in a heartbeat because I just think it's so important for them to have some sort of culture injected into them as well. Being here, um, I am quite a cultural person. I do feel like I have culture in me. My husband, he's like very, no, he's not cultural. Not really. He's uh, He's got the, no, there's nothing wrong with it. But just like, for example, I think it's so important for your children to like even be able to speak their own language. And my children can't, um, like I can speak my own language, but my husband can't. And it just, it's like, you know, my kids are missing out on that. And and it's just, yeah, I just wish that, you know, going going to Pakistan and being around their culture and, you know, you see it all the time, you know, there'd be so much more switched on. There'd be a lot more, you know, you know, just very clued up. Like here, they have to live a sheltered life to be safe. And that's the truth of it. I don't know if you're aware of what happened um, just recently in the West Midlands, Dijon, a young black boy that got stabbed, 14-year-old. That was my Ismail's friend in his year. And this is why we have to, have to, have to be so sheltered with our children because in this day and age, it's kids are carrying knives, forget phones. Do you know what I mean? It's really, really horrible what's going on outside. And my children don't go out. They're not allowed to. It's as simple as that whatever they want to do we will do whatever they want we we go hiking we go mountain climbing we take them to beaches days out everywhere but they'll we will go out as a family you know when when they're in sixth form then they can go to sixth form by themselves and have maybe some time with their friends but not before that because it's just too dangerous out there and that was a prime example of something that's just happened now um Dijon died at the age of 14 he was murdered and it was a racial attack and it just makes me I just feel sick thinking of it and my children were really disturbed by it as well and they understood why we keep them in so yeah in terms of like being in a surrounding like there 
they have so many more like outdoor activities and in Pakistan, in Pakistan they would have like you know that regimented because it's an an army school they'd have all the discipline the regimented sort of you know routine and they'd come back like men and I said to Alima's like you know what even if they were just there for a year they'll come back as little men trust me but he was just like no 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 so I was like cello never mind I tried I tried. The kids were really disappointed. They really wanted to go. Um, but yeah, I I would definitely in a heartbeat send my children outside of the UK for schooling. Social media. Um, so with social media, um, at the end of the day, social media is everywhere now. We can't avoid it. So um, I'm not that strict that I'd say to my children, you can't have social media. So I said to them, they can, because they're at, they're at an age where they can, they're over 12 and all their friends have it. So I said, okay, that's fine. If you want to have social media, you can have social media. However, I am going to be associated to your social media. So we're going to be following each other so that I can see everything. And also, um, if I ever want your phone to check, I, I should be able to check it. And I have done so all the way through. Um, and to be fair, thank God, the boys are just bothered about games gaming that's all they ever talk about with their friends gaming 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 like they're not even bothered about social media I think my son uses snapchat just to ring me to be fair and message me honestly he's like mommy I want food mommy I want food I'm like all right <laughs> food but yeah um social media is uh I would I, I do allow them to have it um because it's monitored um and the second anything inappropriate is happening they know it's taken away um so yeah with social media that's how I feel about it um Adam and Anna have a social media account but I manage it <laughs> but um so because obviously they see me on social media so they are going to be inclined that way and you know it's fine as long as everything is within moderation I, I don't think they're they've got no interest in it they're too young but they um as they get older it'll be the same the same sort of rules you know as long as everything's appropriate and everything's okay and you're not talking to strangers and all of that sort of stuff you're not you know you're a private account you're not a public account then that's fine um you know when you're over 18 if you want to have a public account that's fine but until then you know my home my rules <laughs> that's what I say to the kids <laughs> no that's great I think um hopefully our uh, our viewers and listeners will find that really really useful um you know those that might be thinking about a family or do have one I think I I'm not on social media a lot myself I don't use it really uh, a lot but I I do wonder whether there is enough really sort of advice for parents um so uh, hopefully that'll be that'll be really useful I um want to thank you so so much for your time and um, if there's anything else that sort of I didn't ask you that you wanted to, to share or, or um, anything, this is the time, basically. Oh, no, I think we've had a really good chat. I think it's been really good. Yeah, we've covered a lot of stuff, which is, uh, yeah, it's been really, it's been really nice speaking to you. Thank you for having me. No, amazing. It's been wonderful to get to know you. And hopefully the social media sort of um, platforms that you mentioned, the website, Salam Charity, all of that, uh, we can we can put those links up and and. Yeah, hopefully you have a positive influence on people. I, th I think that's our sort of paramount goal. That's the aim, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, thank you again, Safina. Take care. You're welcome. Thank you. Welcome, Salam. Jazakallah khair for joining us. We hope you benefited from this episode. All the relevant links will be in the description. Please don't forget to like, subscribe and share this video. We appreciate your feedback and any guest or topic suggestions. So please do leave them in the comments or email podcast at inspiritedminds.org.uk. We are a volunteer-led charity and rely 100% on donations to keep creating content. And you can give your donations on Patreon and the link will be in the description. Don't forget to check out our website where you'll find our blog, previous podcasts, our Ask I Am service and more information on how to get support.